Hi, Rodney Jane here from Bob Jane T-Marts. Specialists in tyres and wheels for over 50 years. We stock what tradies need. Tyres, wheels or batteries, we've got you covered. Steel or alloy wheels, 15 inch plus. Big brands such as Monster, RO8, CSA, Fuel, PDW and Dynamic. A massive range. Tyres, we love tyres. All-terrain, mud-terrain, 4x4 and SUV tyres. We stock all the top brands such as Bridgestone, BF Goodrich, Falcon, Goodyear, Michelin and Yokohama. Make your 4x4 ute or van look awesome. Cracking deals at Bob Jane T-Marts. We won't be beaten on price. We'll look after you. Test and C's apply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, Sandown 500 comeback. It's a big chance for next year. Rick Kelly return. How it nearly happened why Formula One pariah Michael Massey is set for a supercar's return. Plus, DJR Takeover, what it really means. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. As Shane Van Gisbergen all but wrapped up the supercar's title at Sandown, the weekend was abuzz with speculation. The hot topics were Sandown's future and a return of the iconic 500km race, and sacked Formula One race director Michael Massey set to sign on as the new independent chairman of the Supercars Commission. We have the latest on both developments, plus more on the Dick Johnson Racing Takeover. Fucked Up Plus can also reveal exclusively that former Supercars champion and dual Bathurst 1000 winner Rick Kelly seriously considered a co-driver comeback at this year's great race. First, the future of Sandown and the chances of the 500 being restored as the two-driver enduro warm-up for the Bathurst 1000. Supercar Supremo Shane Howard confirmed to Parked Up Plus that Sandown will be on next year's calendar and hopefully for at least a few more years after 2023. Um, we'd like to run at Sandown as long as we can, right? And that's, uh, I think you've been aligned in that, very passionate about Sandown. Um, it is a special place. So we're, we're working with the Melbourne Racing Club um, to work in with them and see how they're going with their redevelopment plans, etc. Um, but, you know, we've at least got another, one more year left in Sandown. We might, might have a bit more. Um, hopefully we, we can. So back here next year is confirmed. We will be back here next year, yes. And then moving forward, given, well, we don't know the full future of Sandown, but you'd then be looking at, what, a multi-year deal going on? Um, yeah, we've just got to sit down with the MRC and, you know, we, you know, as I said, we'd like to run here as long as we can because uh, it's a very special venue. Um, it's, 
you know, great location, it's easily accessed for everyone, it's got a great amphitheatre and it's got uh, the history and, and the Melbourne Racing Club has invested in it in regard to its safety, you know, with um, you know, and even re recently before this meeting, um, upgrading, um, you know, the upcoming fencing and things like that. So, you know, we'd like to support them as well and run here and uh, they've been investing in it on a, you know, uh, over the last, you know, 10 years with us and we'd like to support that if we can. What's more, Howard revealed that he's pushing to have the Sandown 500 restored as soon as next year. Well, it's certainly on my card. Um, you know, I, I would love to bring the 500 back to Sandown. I think, um, you know, we've all, we, we all remember Sandown as the 500 and it was a great precursor with the co-drivers for Bathurst and, you know, it, it's certainly on my agenda to uh, try and make that happen. Generally speaking though, is the plan maybe as soon as next year to bring back multiple Enduros? to have an endurance race series, two driver series? Um, I'm not sure that the plan is to bring back, you know, multiple enduros. I think, you know, if we can, um, if we can get uh, approval from the, uh, the, you know, the teams and, and uh, the commission and, and, and uh, the board to bring the, uh, the enduro back to Sandown, I think that'd be the first step. While leading drivers are calling for the return of the Enduro Cup, also last held pre-COVID in 2019, it's the teams that are resisting. But it's great news that Sandown and the 500 could be back for a few more years in the countdown to the Suburban Circuit's planned redevelopment. At Sandown, it was also learned that Michael Massey is set to replace Neil Crompton as chair of the Supercars Commission. Now, Crompton, the voice of V8s, had been the interim head of the Rural Recommending Commission since former Champ Car team owner Steve Horn stepped down in 2020. Massey has been back in Australia for several months after presiding over the controversial finish to last year's Formula One World Championship as race director. He officially left the FIA last month after agreeing to a settlement that included a gardening leave clause, which is presumably over soon. According to the Chatter and the Paddock, Massey's return to supercars is a done deal. But Shane Howard maintains that the repatriated Sydney cider is no more than a preferred candidate. Neil was appointed and he's done an amazing job and he... he... You know, he did a, a great job through us uh, through a, a COVID period, you know. I mean, on average, you know, we normally average, say, about eight, uh, eight commission meetings a, a year. And through that COVID period, you know, we were, we were doing like 30, 32 meetings. It was, um, there was a lot going on. So, you know, he's done an amazing job for us. But, you know, he's, his um, interim term expired on the 30th of June, I think. Um, so we're now going through the process of appointing a new, a new chairman a new independent chairman, as you acknowledged. And um, yeah, we're commencing that process. Um, look, uh, Michael Massey, uh, would, would we like Michael Massey? Um, 
yeah, I certainly would like Michael Massey. I think he's a great candidate for it. Um, you know, he's worked with the sport for a long time you, with, uh, you know, with, with us, with Super 2, um, and uh, through the administration with us. Obviously, he's worked for MA, the FIA. Um, he's, you know, been involved with race teams. Uh, over the years, he's a, he's a great candidate for it. So, and he's certainly, um, yeah, he's, he's certainly be well considered. Well, I mean, the word around the traps is the job is his and that the appointment will be confirmed soon. Is that not the case? Um, the, no, the, the, no, we've got to go through a process um, which, we've, which we're commencing. So, yeah, is Michael a, 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 an option? Oh, he, he's, he would be a very good option, yes. Nevertheless, expect Massey's confirmation as the new Supercars Commission chair to be confirmed as soon as this week. Typically, despite Massey's eminent qualifications, the process of his impending appointment has been messy and badly handled. It was leaked to a major media outlet on Friday as Supercars canvassed support from the team owners. Now, what's also emerged from all of this is that Crompton didn't step down as characterised by Supercars. He was forced out. We understand that the deal to secure Massey was brokered by race and supercars director Mark Scaife, who has a long-standing friendship and business relationship with Massey. It's also worth wondering if Scaife's involvement has strained his long friendship and broadcast partnership with Crompton. Now, while even Crompo would admit that Massey is a great appointment, despite the stain of his controversial exit from the FIA, how it's happened is undignified for both, to say the least. Dick Johnson Racing's new ownership has been explained. Although presented as a strategic partnership, it's a buyout, with Melbourne's Ralph family taking an even bigger stake than American mogul Roger Penske previously held. Oddly, TJR is now majority owned by the Melbourne Aces baseball team, one of the Ralph's sports team interests. According to TJR boss Dr Ryan's story, the deal sets up the Shell V-Power racing team for a long and prosperous future. Well, it's uh, as I've discussed with you before, Mark, it's about having a strategic partner. And in the Ralph family, we have a group of people who are obviously clearly successful in business but uh, as has been um, described in uh, in in the media kit that we've put out and and in other interviews that, uh, that have taken place uh, the, the Ralph family have significant interests and, and are probably one of the largest if not the largest um, investors in sporting teams in Australia so to have that backing and to have that support, not to mention the synergies of, of, of working with an NRL team and baseball teams and other teams to be best in class in social media, to be best in class in partner support and fan engagement, that's really what we're hoping to achieve and what we know we can achieve through this partnership. And that was that was really that was really the target. Uh, the reality too and, uh, and, and you and I have discussed this off the record, but uh, the reality too, and it's, 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 it's hard to ignore, is that the rumours about 
about DJR being for sale, which which wasn't the case at all, led to uh, led to contact with 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 the Routes. So it, it actually had a uh, it actually had a had a, a, a good a good outcome for for our team, and and certainly the very best outcome for our team. As, as I see it, and certainly, and certainly the proof will be in the pudding. But uh, but there's no question and there's no doubt of the expertise and uh, and 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 the power of, of working with all of those other teams and 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 the Ralph family in particular. Story also explained to Parked Up Plus how his and figurehead Dick Johnson's minority ownership will work. No, we're not, but we're still significant shareholders, and that was really important to both of us. Um, I've spent 10 years, this is actually our 10th year in partnership with, with Dick and Gillian myself. And from day one, uh, even before Penske, the Penske years, we had sat down and, and, and we'd, we'd agreed that we would work together and there would be total and complete transparency every step of the way. And what we've built is a team that was in dire straits, um, that was basically uh, mid pack would be mid pack would be fairly mid pack would be fairly generous of where DJR was in 2012. It was a four car team with the budget of a two car team, and it was at that point in time that I stepped in, and and from what we've built from where we've come from and, and the history that we've had over the 10 years was was particularly important to me personally to continue to have an involvement in the team and I, and I will have as executive chairman and continuous CEO for, 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 for the foreseeable future. And and for, for Dick and the Johnson family, uh, there, was a, there was a reason why we put Dick, Stephen and Jet in the three Mustangs at, to Queensland Raceway a few, a few months ago. The family is so critical and key to the supporter base. And the supporter base know their history. And Dick and Jilly and the family, the last thing they want to do is abandon the people who have been behind them every step of the way through thick and thin. Thick and thin. So we believe that we've, we've, we've taken the team as far as we can take it. But in working with the Rouse and working with their other teams, we know we can be best in class, not just in supercars. And being best in class in supercars is not what is not our target. Being best in class in sport is our target. Furthermore, Story asserts that the new ownership will consolidate his vision of DJR being the people's team in supercars. We're not just a supercars team. We're the people's team. And that's important. And that's something that the Ralphs clearly understand and appreciate uh, appreciate with our organisation. So I couldn't be happier with, with the outcome we've achieved. And like I said, the capacity for, for Dick and myself to continue to take the team forward, it's not a question of, of finances. That, has, that, that really is uh, irrelevant in, in terms of this discussion. The reality is it, it was all about having a strategic partner continue to help us take the team forward and like I said being best in class in sport which is our which is our particular target. Parked Up Plus has learned that before his withdrawal at the end of 2020 
Roger Penske had owned much more than his original 51% controlling interest. Following Ryan Story's buyback, converted to a 50-50 ownership with Dick Johnson, a major stake was last year transferred to Formula Johnson, a new entity to protect the Johnson family's interests. It's understood that when DJR's ownership structure becomes public through company records early in 2023, it will show that the Melbourne Aces, a.k.a. the Ralph family, led by Jet Courier's boss Brett Ralph, will hold 80%, with Formula Johnson, of which Story is a major shareholder, owning the remaining 20%. More from Ryan Story about the tame takeover of DJR in next week's Parked Up Plus. More to come after this short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast, it's all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast Every fortnight, you're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. Amid the machinations at DJR, a related might-have-been scenario has come to light. We've learned that retired Supercars champion and Bathurst co-winner Rick Kelly was considering a co-driver comeback with the team. Well, sort of. It's all part of the ongoing saga of Michael Anderson's ambitious Bathurst 1000 wildcard entry. Now, that's not happening. Leaving Bathurst builder Anderson with an ex-DJR Mustang and nowhere to go except Super 2 next year. Okay, we may have buried the lead here, but there was a fleeting chance Rick Kelly would have been in the car at Bathurst sharing with IndyCar star Will Power. Our certain information is that the Power-Kelly combo was floated in the wake of Anderson being denied a super licence. Kelly was interested in coming out of retirement if the wildcard entry was supported by DJR. Now, when it was clear that wasn't going to happen, Kelly declined, not to mention that Power was, well ambivalent at the best. Anderson's heartwarming Bathurst 1000 bid, well, it's over, although it's yet to be officially confirmed. Supercars Chief Shane Howard reluctantly conceded that the Bathurst wildcard entry at Bathurst was unlikely to happen. My understanding is uh, that, that that's off. Uh, has Supercars ruled on that? Has he officially been ruled out of contention for that race? I think it uh, lies with the team's application. Yeah, the team. Meaning what? Well, the team. The team applies for the, uh, for, for, for the permit to run a wild card. Um, you know, they have to co- confirm their, yeah, whether they're running it or not. So no official application came from that team in the end? Is that what you're saying? Um, oh, I, I, I think the team has applied, um, yeah. But um, we need to confirm, confirm with them whether they're running the car or not. Yeah. 
More after this important message. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. And we're on the home straight. Back to the Sandown Super Sprint and Shane Van Gisbergen again dominated with a second and two wins. SVG now leads the championship by 500 points. That's a round and two-thirds in hand. He's so close to his third and second consecutive championship that he now feels free to go for broke at Bathurst. It's exactly been the goal for the last um, couple of rounds. I probably lost focus and was a bit too conservative um, at Winton and Darwin and didn't race like I normally would have. And then, yeah, last three rounds been full attack and now I can go to Bathurst and just have a crack and not even think about the championship. So it's a pretty cool place to be in. Of course, Van Gisbergen is gearing up for a big month back home in New Zealand with the last event at historic Pukekohe Park Raceway, followed by Rally New Zealand. SVG's mastery at Sandown, despite Will Davison's best efforts, highlighted an action-packed weekend in front of a big crowd. Here's Grant Rowley with his roundup of all the action here and overseas, presented by our partner, Bob Jane Teamer. While Shane Van Gisbergen and Will Davison were the winners and stars from Sandown, there were plenty of other top quality racing at the Penrite Sandown Super Sprint. In the Dunlop Super 2 Series, we saw a mixed bag of results and a giant shunt that damaged the guardrail and caused a lengthy delay ahead of the final supercars race. Title leader Declan Fraser and Grove Racing star Matt Payne claimed the wins, although on both occasions, the man to cross the line first was not declared the winner. Race one saw Tyler Everingham stripped of the win after an incident with Super 3 driver Gary Hills that resulted in a 15-second penalty. In race two, supercars returnee Dean Fiore was the first to finish, but was served a five-second penalty for starting outside of his grid box. That race, however, will be remembered for the car-wrecking crash at turn three that involved five cars. Fraser continues to lead the title from Zach Best, Payne, Cameron Hill, and Everingham with two rounds to run. In Super 3, Kiwi Kai Allen and Brad Vaughan shared the wins. In Porsche Painter Dixon Carrera Cup, Dylan O'Keefe won the first race before Bob Jane T-Mart star Aaron Love collected two Sunday victories. Love has missed two rounds this year due to his overseas Porsche racing commitments, but his strong haul of points when he has raced here in Australia sees him sit fourth and just 92 points behind leader Harry Jones. Love told Parked Up Plus that full credit lies with his team, Sonic Motor Racing Services. Yeah, the car's been mega all weekend from wet to dry conditions, so to get the race win in race two and race three and to really show what the car was capable of in race three is just a true credit to the boys. They've been putting in so much effort both on and off the track, so 
it just really shows when you when you look at the car when it's off the track it's spotless and when it's on the track it's a rocket ship so it's been a really fun drive uh, with Sonic especially in this car so looking forward to Bathurst Bathurst gonna be pretty cool and just see what we can pull out of the bag in the Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia 86 series Zach Bates won two races with Jared Hughes scoring Sunday spoils Hawkinshaw and Dreddy United endurance drivers Fabian Coulthard and Warren Luff both drove the guest cars with the pair claiming a series of top 10 results and the battery world aussie racing car series concluded its 2022 title at sandown joel heindrich won the round while joshua anderson took out the season crown overseas and in indycar it was team penske's joseph newgarden who took the win in a thriller at gateway a rain delay of over two hours saw a 36 lap green flag run to the finish Newgarden dispatched of teammate Scott McLaughlin for the lead at the restart and will go on to win, despite the close attention of rookie David Malakis. McLaughlin finished third. Title leader Will Power was sixth, while Kiwi Scott Dixon finished eighth. Also a gateway was Indy Lights, with Aussie Matt Brabham taking his second win of the season. New Zealand ace Hunter McIray was fifth. In NASCAR, Kyle Larson secured his second win on the trot at Watkins Glen with Chase Elliott's fourth place, enough for him to be crowned the winner of the regular NASCAR season, as the drivers and teams now prepare for the unique NASCAR playoff system. MotoGP saw Francesca Bagnaia hold on for victory in the Austrian Grand Prix, with a fast-finishing Fabio Quartararo in second. Aussie Jack Miller was third, while Remy Gardner was 20th. Next week, Formula One returns after a five-week summer break for the Belgian Grand Prix, as well as a ton of more motorsport from home and abroad. I'm Grant Rowley reporting for Parked Up Plus with thanks to our friends at Bob JT. Finally, we outlined earlier Sandown's immediate supercars future. Back next year, definite. And maybe the return of the Sandown 500. Longer term, though, the combined horse and car racing complex in suburban Melbourne is under threat of residential redevelopment later in the decade. Motor racing fans and purists, like me, want to save Sandown, but its demise may sadly be inevitable. V8 legend and supercars power broker Mark Scaife is conflicted, maintaining that a sport-wide push to save Sandown, maybe a wasted effort. I'm sort of torn when I answer that because, you know, and we speak about it a lot, that I love the history and tradition of our game. And the part that Sandown has played in the history of our game is significant. However, there are aspects of urban expansion of of entities you know holding that property that feel different about what they would do with the facility versus what what you and i and probably the rest of the motor racing enthusiasts would seek to to keep sand down so i so i say i i would love to keep it but on the other hand you just can't change the gravity of the earth right you can't fix stuff that inevitably is going to catch you out. And look, think about that. So think about Sydney. You know, Amaru Park and Oran Park were two of my absolute favourite racing tracks anywhere. Probably 
yeah, both gone. So when you think about a place like Sandown and you think about what we do to either put our efforts in to sustain it or we put the white flag up and say, okay, what's next? Victorian government, what do we do? Do we, do we go and get a greenfield site and build a new facility and make that future-proofed motorsport in this part of the world? Maybe. I mean, that, that may actually be the only real answer where we, where we harness and galvanise all the fans and we get people to actually put all their efforts in to having a facility that has a far more robust future um, which probably serves the Victorian and Australian motorsport fans better, I would think. On that, Motorsport Australia is working with the Victoria government to establish a $180 million motorsport complex west of Melbourne. Expect more news about the Melbourne Super Circuit closer to the state election in late November. Well, that's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and a special guest on Thursday. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 